This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. Are you having successful sales conversations or are they not converting to clients? That's what we're talking about today on Entrepreneurs Get Visible, making sure that you understand the process so that those calls you have are working for you and your business. And today I'm joined by someone who has had incredible success as a leading global success coach and positive psychologist. I'm joined by Nick Pigeon, who helps female entrepreneurs to build powerful, effective businesses. And Nick has had quite an incredible journey. She was winner of the Hay House competition for her very first book, her very first published book called Now Is Your Chance, which is a 30-day guide to living your happiest life. As a result of that, she then went on one Young Entrepreneur of the Year, Psychology Book of the Year, and Most Outstanding Positive Psychologist. What she brings to the table is really clear. She is a supporting partner for the United Nations Women UK, and she's led tens of thousands of women to have successful businesses. And before we dive into that interview, which I think you're going to love because Nick is very open about what it's taken to get there, I want you to know that there are two things going on right now. The first is that the very next episode of this podcast is our 100th episode. And I am releasing as part of that some very special episodes that are a little bit different to what you usually hear on Entrepreneurs Get Visible and you don't want to miss them. There's a very special competition that you'll be finding out a little bit more about on my social media and in the podcast over the next few days. So look out on the 2nd of July for some really great episodes. The other thing I want to let you know is that the doors are currently open to my mastermind. This is the Action Takers Mastermind. It's six months of intense learning, growth, support and accountability. So if you know that you need to learn how to take the right action, make sure you head over to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash mastermind. So now over to meet Nick Pigeon. So today on Entrepreneurs Get Visible, I'm delighted to invite onto the show Nick Pigeon. Hello, Nick, and thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. I, I said to Nick that when we started recording that I would explain to her how she kind of came into my world. And I love that about the online space is that all of a sudden you can be getting people's emails and their downloads and their lead magnets. And you kind of just know about someone often for a long time before you might take action. And Nick, all of a sudden came into my, my kind of awareness in October 2018. And there were two reasons in the space of a week. And you know, when you kind of go, that's weird, because all of a sudden, I'm hearing and seeing your name everywhere. So the first was that I was working with Jojo Graham, who had done one of your courses and worked with you mm-hmm. previously. And she's been on this podcast before, if any of you want to go back and listen to her episode. And then and I started working with her at the beginning of October. And then the next week, I went to the Hay House Writers Workshop in Bristol. And the first thing that one of the first things they said was, you've got to find out about Nick Pigeon. That was literally one of the opening sentences on the stage. And you know, when you kind of just go, that's really weird. And then for some bizarre reason, I then the next day saw someone else posting about your book on Facebook. And you know, when you just think, 
That's so strange. So strange. So so that's how you entered my world, Nick. So I'm really delighted to have you on the show today. I love that story. Thank you so much for sharing. Like, Georgia was absolutely amazing. And I love that you went to the writer's workshop as well. Yeah. Awesome. And that's one of the things that I'm really keen to talk to you about because you you won the Hay House Writers Competition. How long ago was that? And what was that journey like for you? So that was back in 2015. And at the time, I absolutely knew that I wanted to write a book and that I wanted to write it with Hay House. So what people don't know or might not know is that I actually entered that competition twice in two different continents. So I entered it in England and also in Australia as well. Okay. It was an amazing journey because for me, I just knew that I wanted to work with a a publishing company who had the ownership in the space of mind, body and spirit. So it was very intentional and it was very, it was like, it was a big desire of mine to do that. Mm -hmm. So I entered the writer's workshop in, I think it was March of 2015. And for the next nine months or so, I continually told myself that I was the Hay House author. So that became part of my affirmation and part Mm -hmm. of my manifestation process. And then in the January, I actually found out that I'd won the the UK competition. And it just, it's been an amazing journey since then. So it's amazing. So I, I actually then after that workshop, I was like, well, if this woman who has worked with other people I know, if she can do it, I'm definitely going to apply. And I sat in that room just knowing that I needed to get my book out there and that had to happen. And I can remember just when I didn't win, I got, I got great feedback for the book. And actually, I've talked about it on the show. They felt that putting out a book that was for creatives and entrepreneurs was for the wrong audience and that it wouldn't sell. But you know, when in your heart, you know that you've got to get it out there. At the time, when I got that feedback, I, I did, like you, I thought, well, I'm going to apply for the American um, competition. There was a slight separate they do run them separately, but you get a publishing deal wherever. You get worldwide, actually, don't you? But actually, for me, I made a different decision that I didn't want to wait for anybody else and I was going to self-publish. And um, and that is, it's interesting, isn't it? So I felt actually not not winning was actually a really big message for me to get it out there. But watching and seeing, kind of going back and looking at what's happened for you as a result of winning that, it's, it's kind of incredible. So. I think I'd really like for us to talk about where where you were in your entrepreneurial and coaching journey before you won that and what your business looks like now. It's actually really interesting. Before I won that, I had just set up this company. So I've been coaching now for 10 years, but I've only had unstoppable success for the last five years. So I left the UK in 2015 to write this book. That was the, the wow. primary intention. I was going to go to Australia, sit in the sun for three months and write this book. And I actually left and I never went home. So at the same time I started writing the book, I also relaunched my business. So at the time there was this big conversation around like, build your lifestyle business, build mm-hmm. your location independent business, have a freedom lifestyle. So I saw everybody doing that online and that's what I desired for myself too. So I launched the business at the same time as I started doing the book proposal for the writer's workshop. Wow. And it just completely took off from there. So in the first 100 days of the business, I made 100K. So six figures was my first goal. And I did that before I won the writer's workshop. Then I won the writer's workshop in the January. So maybe like three to six months later. And then I took my whole audience on the journey of writing the book along with me. And that's always a big recommendation that I have for anyone that's writing a book, whether it's published or self-published, 
your audience want to feel like they're part of the conversation and they're part of writing the book with you. Yes. So every time I was writing or I was going from meeting in the Hay House office, I was sharing it on my Instagram stories and everybody was kind of learning about this journey of now is your chance along the way. And I know that a book is such a great tool to help you build a business because it's something that many people understand. So like right now we have like a multi-million dollar coaching company, which provides training and education and courses and coaching and workshops to women entrepreneurs who want to set up online businesses and grow them through six figures, seven figures, or multiple seven figures. And that's awesome because we have 4,000 students in our programs and we've helped more than 10,000 women business owners create success. But not everybody knows what an online course is or not everybody knows is always ready to work with a coach one-on-one or in a group. But a book, everybody knows what a book is. And it's tangible. It's a physical thing. Yeah. It's that like gateway to people actually starting to create real results and transformation in their lives. And I think it's, it's a powerful calling card to say I'm an author. It really is. And for anyone out there who's thinking about I've got a book in me, it took me five years to get my book down. But actually, in reality, when I sat down to write it, it took less than three months. And once you've, for me, once I'd done that and I'd become a, an author, actually then it's like you just have so much more creativity because you're not stoppered by that fear of getting it out there which is why then I've written a second book that's coming out shortly so Nick one of the things that I think would be really valuable to my audience and to my listeners that we haven't covered on the show yet and something I think that you have real skill in is the, the skill of artful sales conversations and particularly you know for many people who are listening are service service-based entrepreneurs or coaches, or, you know, that sometimes they're the same thing. But let's talk about what difference having that skill has made to your business. What's that brought you to be able to achieve? Well, for me, it's helping other people understand how you can help them. And that's all sales is. I used to hate it. Like full disclaimer, I used to be the girl who hated sales, who was awkward, who was nervous, who I worked in a call center when I lived in Australia the first time back in 2005 or something. And I would literally do anything that I could to not pick up the phone and have to speak with someone. It just made me feel awful. But when I launched my business, I realized that actually I'm doing what I love and I have full certainty that I can help people. So therefore, if I'm not making sales and I'm not pulling people into our programs and helping them get over that fear of saying yes to themselves and their dreams, then I'm doing them a disservice rather than a service. Mm -hmm. So I actually see sales as that like missing link or that connecting link that can help people really get out of their comfort zone and start to say yes to success. So when I started to frame sales like that, it became way easier And since, so from 2015 until now, I have personally sold millions of dollars worth of products, programs, coaching on the phone, on sales letters, sales pages, email sequences, live video, and also from the stage. So when you ask what difference it's made, it's made the difference to be able to impact more than 50 million people through the the press and the written stuff that we do. It's made the difference to help more than 10,000 women-led businesses create success. And it's made the difference to help unstoppable success bring in multiple millions of dollars in revenue. It's just incredible, Nick. And, you know, you must sit back and think, what have we built in five years? It's amazing. I think um, around, around selling, like you say, there's a lot of fear. And where do you think that comes from? Where does it stem from? 
I think it's like a, a nervousness. I think a lot of people actually attach sales to their self-worth. And I hear this conversation all of the time in coaching and it drives me absolutely mad. So I hear all of the time, you need to charge your worth. And actually what I teach when it comes to sales is your worth is not a dollar amount or a euro or a pound. Like you as a human are way more valuable than any price tag you can ever put onto yourself or your programs or your products. So I actually teach that when you are thinking about making a sale, it's important to actually uncouple your self-worth from your price point. And when you start to look at actually the value that your program provides and the result that it helps someone create when they invest into themselves, it's much easier to make a sale from that point. So looking at where is the certainty and do you have absolute complete certainty in your programs, your products, your services to be able to say that categorically invest in this thing or I'm totally willing to give you a 100% money back guarantee. And if you can't say that about your programs or your products or your services, then you need to go back and you need to just rejig something. You need to look at, okay, how can I more tangibly, more simply, more strategically get that person to a result at the end of the 12 weeks or at the end of the thing that I'm selling? And how can I then develop certainty within myself based on the certainty that I have within that program? It's so true, though. If you don't actually have that certainty, that belief in what you're trying to put out there and the results that you can give, because at the end of the day, people do want a result from working with you. We put money down because we want a particular thing or to get away from a particular thing. And if you don't have that utter self-belief in it, then it's the wrong product. And so Mm. often it's about the wording, isn't it? Oh, it's all about the wording. It's language. This is, and this is, this is where it's awesome being a writer. And I feel very grateful for the journey that I've been on because you realize that sales is so much about how you can communicate and whether that's written or spoken, spoken, you can understand that the words that you use and the way that you position your product, yourself, your service, the way you communicate that to your ideal client is what really truly matters. Mm -hmm. Because if you can't articulate the thing that you're selling, how is your person going to understand that you can help them? Yeah, absolutely. So what are the things that you come across that are the, the most common mistakes people make in terms of sales conversations or sales pages and the language of it? The biggest thing is I see a lot of people stop the sales conversation when they mention the price. So it's actually, it it takes a little bit more work ahead of time when you're writing a sales page because the sales page does all of the work for you. So you spend more time investing in the copy, like structuring the sales page in a certain way so that when they get to scroll to the bottom and see the price, they're actually compelled to take action. Sales calls are slightly different because you don't do as much work upfront. You actually do more work on the phone. So You don't need a sales page to get to a phone call. You might go onto an Instagram live or you might put a post onto your Facebook wall, which has a link to an application. And then you get on the phone with your ideal client and you're going through a discovery process to understand where they're at right now, what it is that they're struggling with, where it is they want to be and how you can position your product or service as the bridge to take them from where they are now to where they want to be. And what I see happening, Anna, is a lot of people will like have, yes, 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 yes. I'm so excited all the way through the conversation. I know that you can help me solve the problem. I know that you can help me create a result. And your program or product sounds awesome. 
then I always ask, I say, okay, awesome. Is it, is it all right if I just share with you what it would look like, what the investment is? And they're like, yes, awesome. And then you say, okay, it's $1,000 a month for 12 months or it's $10,000 when you make the investment in full. It just depends which of these supports you the best. So rather than getting to a place where you share the price and you share the investment and someone goes, I can't afford it or I need to think about it. What I see a lot of people do is, all right, okay, go away and think about it. No worries. Or you can't afford it. Okay, awesome. No worries. I totally get it. Hang up the phone. As a coach and a mentor or as a a salesperson, which truly believes in the result that that product or service can create, you have a responsibility to start the conversation from that point, not end it. So what I mean by that is when somebody says, I'll think about it, I always say, awesome. What is it you want to think about specifically? Because I guarantee there's more conversation to be had there. Yeah, because that's where all the objections lie. That's where all the concern lies. That's where all the fear lies. And I think it's actually pushing through as the coach, as the provider, it's pushing through your own fear about rejection. Mm. And actually, and I, I, I see this as well when, like when I encourage people to increase their own prices, when they're not quite ready for it. But I know the value of the work, the difference that the, the, the program that they're offering could make to somebody, to somebody's life, their mental well-being, their relationship or their income or their lifestyle, whatever it is. And then they stop because they're worried I'm going to be rejected. They're not going to think I'm good enough. And a lot of it comes down to that. So then at that point, at what point comes the close for you? If at the point that you are opening, you're really, you've, you've done the, the pre-sale, you've, you've listened to the language. Now I come from an NLP background, which I use NLP to open myself and people up. But NLP does also have a fairly bad reputation because of its, its ability, if it's used in that particular way, to influence. And that's what you're talking about in the early stage of that call. You have to listen you have to listen to what they're saying because then it's easier to make the sale. But once you have then opened up the conversation post talking about the price point, where does the close come? How do you move that? Yeah, I've never studied NLP. It's something that I've always wanted to study. And I just, I know it's power and I, I probably do it without even I think realizing. so. Because mm. for me, the, yeah, the close comes before you've even mentioned the price. The close comes when you're starting the conversation and you should always be sharing, for example, case studies or results that your clients have had throughout the conversation before you even get to mentioning a price. So when you get to mentioning the price, you're actually way further down the line than you understand that you are. So we would go through all sorts of like objections. I always also have a golden rule that if you get off the phone with a client in a sales call or a discovery session, you must do one of two things. So you either have a payment, so you send them a link or you take credit card details and you process the payment there and then on the phone, or you have a 24-hour follow-up call booked in. So your actual close might happen in that call itself. And I'm always like, okay, so which option supports you the best? Is it the investment in full where you make the savings or is it the payment option? Just depends whether you want to make the savings or whether you want more flexibility within your cash flow. So within that, I'm making an assumption that it's a yes already. So I'm not saying, do you want to do this? Do you not want to do it? So assumptive language is has NLP foundations where you, so for, for those of you listening, so if I said, if you do my course or if you work with me, 
it will it will be like this. But if I change my language to when you work with me, I'm a, it, it, the assumption is in the language that it is going to happen, just which is your preferred model. But there are so many subtleties to, to how that works to influence us at a subconscious level. And often we want the result. We want the result, but that indecision, that breaking through the comfort zone is really uncomfortable and really painful. So I like what you're saying, Nick, that either in that call, you can take them out of that indecision because they've done it and it's done or within 24 hours. Because if you give people longer than that, then actually they're going to talk themselves more and more and more out of, out of it. And I don't mean this from a pressuring the point of view. And I'm sure that's not really what you mean when you come from a place of, I know my product, my service, my course, mm. my offer can transform your life. But if you let people sit in that, they're not going to take the step they need to have, in your in your words, unstoppable success, which is a shame for them. Yeah, I think it's a good distinction to make as well, because like I'm not a hard seller. I don't force people to buy. I just trust that the right person will be right for the, the product or the program at the right time. And actually, I have like a 95% close rate on the phone because of the way our sales system and our customer journey is set up. And because of the traction that we've got with the products and services we offer. And I think like it's heartbreaking for me to see a woman, or I do work with men as well, someone who really, really wants to create a result and a transformation in their life that ends up retreating back into a disempowered state because they cannot get out of their comfort zone to invest in something that is going to help them create that result. So I always know that there's great power in getting over that line and getting through that hurdle because the, the, the energetic like kickstart that you get is so huge. And actually, as soon as you say yes to that, you're starting to get results anyway. And I want to share that like I don't just sell to my clients. I also practice this myself. So I still get scared when I invest in things. And I make big investments in my coaches and the things that are the events that I go to and the work, the team that I do, the Facebook ads we run. And I just believe like if you're not a little bit nervous about doing something, then you're not growing. Oh my gosh, I've I've paid for things that have made me want to vomit hard because they, <laughs> you know that uh, that that feeling in your belly that I think I'm meant to be doing this, but it is outside my comfort zone. And actually, I think when it comes to coaching, mentoring, growth, as you say, you need a little bit of that because how else are you going to tra- to change your own personal world if you don't reach a little bit higher and reach a little bit further? So Nick, it's been really interesting to talk about this. And I'm sure having that insight into sales conversations has really transformed things for you. For people who are much earlier on in their journey, who are, are thinking, well, how, how could I be at a position where you know I'm a best-selling author with a, a, published, a publishing company and living a, a lifestyle in LA when you're a girl from the UK? someone who wants to have that kind of level of impact with a million pound business and beyond, what would be your advice for someone who's right at the start of that journey? Start where you're at and leverage every single thing, every single step along the way. So I always knew that I was meant for something big, but if I'd looked at going from where I was to where I am now, it would have been so daunting and I would never, ever, ever have seen the A to Z. Like, Yes. The route that I had taken. But what I did know how to do was take the next positive step in the right direction. So, one easy example I can give you is like the media that I've done now. I've been featured in Forbes as 
a legendary entrepreneur. I've been featured in Money. I've had media features with Sir Richard Branson, Elon Musk, Gary Vee, big, 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 big names. But it didn't start out like that. Where I started was I was on my local radio show. I was in my local newspaper. I was featured on a blog. And I would take those images, those media logos, and I would share with everybody who would listen. Like I would celebrate, like I'm doing this awesome thing. And I started in Newcastle, then I grew through the UK, and then it went global. So I always recommend just start with where you're at and celebrate that. Show your audience what it is you're doing. And then you're going to continue to grow from there and eventually you'll get to where you want to go. Yeah, you've got to milk those opportunities. You've got to, you've got to seek them and you've got to milk them and sh- like you say, share and celebrate. And I think that that means that people are with you and people will watch your journey for a long time before they would ever reach out to work with you. So if you've mm. not been sharing and being visible, then you're not going to get the results. <laughs> so I actually have women who get on the phone with me who are like, Nick, I've been stalking you for two years. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, awesome. They're like, I've just been watching you on social media. I love how consistent you are. Now I'm ready to work with you. So you always have to remember that you're a role model for people who you don't even realize yet. Well, like we said, I, like I described right at the beginning of this call, you've been in my mind for two and a half years. I've never reached out to you because there's not been the right time or the right vehicle for that to happen. And you, you never know. It's those breadcrumbs everywhere. It's how people are talking about you when you're not in the room. It's the fact that you have a book. It's the fact that you potentially are on podcasts or, or whatever it is, but it all kind of comes up to that, that critical mass. So, you know, if, if you hadn't been out there and being visible and somebody I knew had worked with you and you hadn't written your book and put yourself into the ring for a competition and you ha- someone else then hadn't shared your book, then we, our, our worlds wouldn't have met and, and kind of collided. And that's what I want people to kind of understand about this visibility stuff, right? It doesn't start, it doesn't start where you're living a multi-million lifestyle in LA, it starts where you're at. And if you don't get started, you can't create where you're going. Mm. Going back to the beginning, to where it all started, maybe even just five years ago, and you had that sense that you were meant to be doing something more. Did you have any inkling what that might look like? Did you have any sense of like the purpose behind what you wanted to build? Yeah, that's something I've always had. Like I've always had a big why reason and I've had a big mission. Like I knew I was always supposed to influence and transform millions of people's lives around the world. And I knew that I was going to do that by speaking on big stages and by writing books. So that was like a primary vision of mine. And I kind of got it all wrong when I first started because I used to lead a lot of motivational events and do talks in Newcastle in my hometown. But that wasn't really bringing me the the finance and the income in the way that I wanted it. So very early on, I had to flip my business model to focus more on the coaching, which is more consistent. It creates more results. And then speaking as a sideline. So now I see myself very much as like an amazing, amazing coach that is known for creating some of the best results in the industry. But I also know that my biggest impact and my truth and mission on this planet is to be on big stages and to speak and to write amazing books. Nick, it's so similar to how I I feel about my work. And I know that I'm here for massive motivational change for other people. I wouldn't have seen that in my youth necessarily, but that's what I'm here for now. And everything else that I build is to empower that and to enable that. And you're right, in order to get on those big stages, on any stages, you do need to have the business that supports it. But you need to have, 
you need to have the programs, the coaching, whatever it is underneath the book in order to be on those kinds of platforms. So thank you so much, Nick. I've really enjoyed talking with you today. Me too. Yeah, fabulous. Well, thank you so much for being a guest and really lovely to meet you in person. I hope everyone listening has really enjoyed this show. So Nick, how? what's the best place for people to get hold of you? So nickpigeon.com, my website. And then I also love chatting to everyone on Instagram. So I'm nickpidge across there. Excellent. Well, we'll make sure that your Instagram is in the show notes below as well as your website. So that's it from today. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you for joining us, Nick. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.